You're listening to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. You are on the 2022 version of Road to Recovery. My name is Yona Bud. I will be your driver and host this evening as a co-pilots. We have Sophia and Natasha uh, in the studio taking your calls and making sure I don't make any silly mistakes. If you want to join me tonight, and the first segment is in fact an open board segment, we do want to hear from you. 416-870-6400 or 888-225-8255 if you're outside of the normal calling zone. I don't know what normal looks like. Anyway, wow, 2021 was really quite something, wasn't it? And uh, the opening of 2022 for many of us can be extremely challenging if we don't go about this the right way, right? So full of ups and downs and ins and outs and not really knowing what's coming next. And you know what? Creates a lot of anxiety for people. I want to hear from you. 416-870-6400 or 888-225-8255. How are you handling this new batch of things? In other words, what's stuff being closed down? Kids not going back to school for a couple of weeks. Maybe your people aren't coming back to your office like you planned. Uh, things just aren't working out like you thought they might. But that's okay. There's ways to get around that. There's ways to deal with it. And that's what we do here on this show. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Yona Bud speaking, 416-870-6400. You are listening to 640 uh, AM radio in Toronto. We want to talk to you about what you think of the beginning of 2022 and how you're going to manage. What are you going to do? You're just putting your head down and doing the right thing and just trugging through it all, right? Making it all happen. I know you've had enough, right? I've had enough too, right? We've all had enough, but you got to take some kind of control. You got to have some kind of control. And 2022 has to be the year of you. 2022, the year of you. It rhymes beautifully, and that's what my new mantra is this year. It's the year of you. You take care of you. Take care of yourself. Concentrate on you. Focus on yourself. Self-care. Doing the things that make you feel good, as long as they're healthy and they don't hurt anybody, right? So you got to take some control. You've got to understand we've been here before, man. We've done this already. We know what to do. We know what honkering down looks like. We know what back to school from the living room and dining room and whatever room you can find a table to stick a kid in front of. We know what that looks like. And it's not great. I guarantee it's not great. But I get it too, right? It is what it is. We can only do what we can do with what we've got. But because we've been here before, it shouldn't be such a devastating beginning. And there's no doubt that 2021 was a year to remember all kinds of ups and downs and ins and outs. But part of living is learning from the past, right? And the Toronto Star put together a list of actually words of wisdom uh, from some of the renowned people we've lost in 2021, people that have passed away. So let's, let's, let's just have a, um, you know, we can l- listen to some of these sort of life-changing uh, comments from some people that have passed. Uh, I want to hear from you, 416-870-6400. Tell me what you think is going on and how are you managing and uh, you're going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. We're going to stay on this route to recovery together. And uh, you know what? If, if you lived in a place like Israel or other countries where there was a lot of uh, civil strife, you know, you, you, you know, my friends that, that come from that part of the world talk to me about, you know, daily occurrences where bomb, you know, uh, bomb or air raid sirens go off and you just go to the bomb shelter. It just becomes a way of life. Not convenient, not the best, interrupts everything and everybody. But you just know what to do when you hear that siren. So we know what to do. It's not a siren. No one's dropping bombs, thankfully. And those that are vaccinated to the, you know, the to degree that they're capable of getting the vaccine are going to do much better with this variance. We're not going to die from it if we're careful. We're not going to die from it if we're pro- properly vaccinated and we take care of ourselves. Right? It's not the end of the world. Here we go. Life changes fast. Life changes in the instant. 
You sit down to dinner and life as you know it ends. That's from Joan Dillon, 87. She was a revered uh, author and uh, uh, essayist from the year of magical thinking, an account of year following the death of her husband, John Gregory Dune. Uh, Another one here. I will not have my life narrowed down. I will not bow down to someone else's whim, to to, uh, someone else's ignorance. Groundbreaking author and activist, Bell Hooks. Uh, whose writing explored race and gender and politics. Uh, here's another one. The more that the universe seems comprehensible, the more it also, also seems pointless. And that's from a Nobel-winning physicist, Steven Weinberg, who won f- uh, for working unlocking, uh, worked on unlocking the mysteries of tiny particles and their electromagnetic interactions. There are, known, no, there are known knowns. Here's another one here. There are known unknowns. There are also unknown unknowns. These are things that we don't really know, but we know that we don't know them. And that's from the two-time U.S. Defense Secretary and verbal gymnast Donald Rumsfeld, uh, really bright guy. He, he was explaining the Iraq situation to reporters in June of 20, uh, June 29. When you take the stage, no matter who you're sharing it with, you've got to promise to die. This is one I'm not really sure I understand. You've got to promise to die, to detonate, to fly as high as you can, and, like, and then, like the 4th of July, explode like a sky full of fireworks. Sylvain Sylvain, he's uh, with guitarist in the American punk glam rock band Newark Dolls. These people who passed away, this was their, their thinking around, you know, what this, uh, what, life, what life throws at you and how you manage to, to make it go, you know, you make life go with what you've got. And uh, I'd like to hear from you. Any of those thoughts that you hear, anything, any of those fancy sayings or sayings of people that you respect, you know, that, uh, you know, I think, you know, some of the sayings that help keep us in the moment are really valuable. And again, I, I, know, I know, I know it's a difficult time and we're going to, you know, I hate to, I hate this concept of we're going to get through it together, but certainly on this show for a couple hours, we're hanging together. You can, you can, you know, participate 416-870-6400. If you're calling from outside, 888-225-8255. Love to hear from you next few minutes. Uh, I want to hear how you think life's going to go forward for you and what kind of control you have, do you think going forward and, and what you're going to do to make things a little bit better? You know, we know what we're not allowed to do. We know what we're able to do. And frankly, you're, you know, you can be in control of you. And if you make a decision or a judgment call to go visit with friends that you know are safe and well, and well, you know, uh, vaccinated and so on, if that's your thing, um, if that's one of your criterion, then go do it, you know, be with family, be with friends. That's what you got to do. You got to just go forward and make sure that you keep your head down. And it's like a snowstorm. Ever walk home from a snowstorm? Or ever been in a snowstorm? I remember as a kid many years ago, uh, well, lots and lots of years ago, walking home from a snow in a snowstorm on a late Friday night, wearing my dress shoes, even though my mom said I had to wear my boots, but I wanted to be cool and wear my dress shoes because it looked cool and I was going to a party. I came home and it was absolutely miserable, freezing, blowing, windy, hallucious snow, terrible snow blowing at me from everywhere. You keep your head down. You get down. You get through it. You come home. You know, you dust off the snow. You get rid of the frost on your toes and fingers, especially if you're foolish enough to wear dress shoes and not boots. But you get through it. We all get through it. We all get through the other side of this stuff by recognizing we have the power to do so. And that's what I'm suggesting for you, my friends, is to recognize you have the power to do so. You have the power to make a difference in your own life. You have the power to, de- the power to make the decision about here's how we're going to handle this as a family if you're living together with family. And if you're living with, on your own or you're living with a roommate or, or, or you know, uh, housemates of some sort, you know, you band together and you do things together and, you know, more, spend more time having fun cooking and, and, you know, staying in, doing things that are fun to do while staying in. I suggested to a, to a family not long ago, 
Chicago. They build, they have a, a, a nice backyard, build a little campfire in your backyard and go roast, you know, go roast hot dogs and marshmallows at 10 o'clock at night in the dark cold on a Saturday night. It's fun. You bundle up and it's fun and you can hang out and you have hot chocolate and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You can make it work. If you try hard enough, and that's what we're here to try to give you the skills to do so. So just work a little bit harder, keep your head down. I promise you'll get through the snow. When we come back, we're going to do some other stuff. Lots going on tonight, tons and tons of guests. So please join me. We'll be right back. Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Thank you, my friends. You're on the Road to Recovery. My name is Yona Bud. I will be your host this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you have other choices, and we're glad that you chose us. So now that we've recognized the past, let's start uh, 2022 together, right? We've looked at the past a little bit, understand going forward, right? So the new polling by Ipsos, uh, done exclusively for our uh, parent company, new, uh, Global News here, shows that almost half of Canadians plan to make a New Year's resolution. Of, all, of that, 48% of that group, 48% of people want to focus on improving their finances this year. But New Year's resolutions are almost almost always uh, bound to fail. Almost three-quarters of folks who set resolutions aren't actually able to follow through. And let's look at some of these break the breakdown here a little bit. Ages 18 to 34, uh, 57% want to focus on their finances, 59% on their physical health, 55% on their mental health, family life, 47%, work, education, career, all that stuff, 56%, and learning a skill or a hobby is 48%. And the 55-plus group, finances, 24%, physical health 39 percent actually it's smaller lower than the 18 group i'm surprised uh, mental health um 23 family life 26 percent, and so on um on the other on one hand half of canadians disagree um that um, making year-end uh, contemplations or resolutions are something that makes sense. 19% agree that strongly that it's a good idea, 35% somewhat, and so on. But why are these resolutions so determined to fail for so many people, right? And people are focusing on major goals. You know, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to stop drinking, and I'm going to work out regularly. They have four resolutions, and they're trying to figure out you know, why they're not working out. We have an expert with us, actually. She's uh, quite amazing. Her talk with us about this. Uh, we got one of Toronto's top-rated life coaches with us. Her name is Lisa Jeffs. And uh, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure. So, you know, uh, first of all, how's, uh, how are you managing with the beginning of 2022 yourself? <laughs> Well, it certainly has come in with a bang, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. You must, you must be busy as heck, right? We've got all it's kinds of people trying to find some balance. It is. It's, it's a very busy time going into the new year as people, some people set resolutions, but a lot of people have change on their mind. So yes, it, it does get quite busy. And the change that they have on their mind, is that just because they're sick of what they got or, or because they just think they could do better? Are people, you know, realizing that now with, you know, things being pushed at you in terms of really having inner focus, are people finding that they, you know, they're realizing now they can't escape like they used to from going to work and going to the gym and hanging out with their friends and going for a beer on Thursday night? Uh, people having to really look at themselves more closely, don't you think? Totally. Totally. When things slow down, we have really that opportunity to look at what's working and what's not working. And I think a lot of people come to this point where they want change because they are sick and tired of how certain things are operating in their life. It, it, it does take a lot of us to get to that point where it's like, 
okay, I can't continue this anymore. What can I do to change this? Yeah, and how much is in your control? What do you, you know, and that, that's the other thing too. I'm sure, you know, the, like I do with my patients, I'm sure you, you, you have to explain to people that there are, there are levels of what you can control and levels of what you can't control. How do you, how do you with, your, with your clients, how do you sort of establish that boundary for them of what's in their scope and what's not in their scope? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because there's so many things, at least here in Toronto, that we don't have control over right now. Uh, so being flexible with the things you can't control and really focusing on what you do have control over. So, for instance, the New Year's resolutions that have to do with working out, well, we can't always control now if the gyms are going to be open. So what can we control? We, we can control our own space and what we are doing physically with our body. Um, so really releasing that control of what we cannot control and not seeing it as so uh, black and white thinking of it's either going to work or it's not going to work. Let's be a little bit flexible and see, well, how can I work with what I can control? There's a real benefit to the trying, though, isn't it? I mean, the, it's, it, the, I think for, for you, I'm sure when you're talking to people, it's the motivation to at least do the trying, um, oh, yeah. whether it work, whether it works out exactly. I think it's great advice, you know, whether it works out, like you said, whether it works out or not, it, I think it's the doing of it. That's really important. Um, how, how do you Absolutely. think people's prior, how do you think people's priorities have changed, you know, compared to other years? What do you think, you know, you've been doing this a long time. You're, uh, you know, one of the leading authorities in your field, uh, certainly in this country. Um, and you know, the, the question, the question is how, how have you seen the, the change in what people are prioritizing when they're looking at things like resolution, resolutions and goals, uh, let's say this mm. year over the year before, or even the year before that, let's say pre pandemic. Yeah, pre-pandemic for sure. I've noticed uh, a big change where it used to be a lot on external. So I want to improve my business or I want to, well, there's still the thing about finances. But what I've noticed now is a lot of people are doing introspection on general fulfillment in their life, uh, yeah. their relationships, the relationships with their family, their friends, but also the relationship they have with themselves. And this is not something I would see five, six, seven years ago at all. We're talking to, we're on the road to recovery. We're talking to Lisa Jeffs, a uh, leading authority on uh, life coaching and uh, just generally great advice. Give us a call here, 416-870-6400 or 888-225-8255. We will take your calls and Lisa will do her best to answer. You've got one of the best in the in the business here. So uh, call in and uh, pose a question. We'd like to uh, see if we can get some help towards you. Uh, our Ipsos polling finds that younger folks ages 18 to 35 are more interested in learning about finances and setting financial goals. Is, is that a trend that you're seeing as well, that younger people are now starting to, to concern themselves with the future where we typically wouldn't see that till someone in their maybe mid-30s being concerned about what the future might look like financially? I think there's definitely a fear that comes in with the, the younger generation. Uncertainty is definitely plays a factor in that. Um, you can't really get away from that now. Um, right. Whether it's changed dramatically since the pandemic, I don't see so much of that. It, it, it's always kind of been a concern for the younger generation. Obviously, things are not the same as they were 20, 30 years ago. So it, it's, it's unnerving for a lot of these younger people. 
What do you, um, you know, do you talk, you must have patients in your, or clients in your, in your practice that are sort of questioning this whole concept of university and college and what the future might hold and why bother and there's no jobs and even if there are, they're going to get shut down. And, you know, it's how do you motivate, you know, someone in their early 20s to continue on a career path uh, when they're looking at that career path going, eh, I don't know, this doesn't look so great? Well, the first thing we look at is, what do they actually desire? So are they looking at career paths that they think they should be going into or they've been told it's a good idea and they're feeling anxiety around pursuing it? Or is there a career path that they can get into, such as, let's say, entrepreneurship, which I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs, where they have a lot of control over the outcome of that? So a lot of the, the younger generation that I work with that are, are going into college and university, the first thing we look at is the alignment to what they are exploring in that. And if it is an alignment, then we really start tackling the fears that are coming up and challenging the fears. Um, people make resolutions every year. Um, why do so many of them fail? I mean, what's the, what's, what's the reason you, do you think that, uh, I mean, I have my own opinion, but what's the reason that you think uh, most people who set goals and resolutions and such for the year uh, don't seem to be able to carry through or find success? Well, there's a few general main reasons. One, it's they're, they're too vague. So setting a resolution of I want to lose weight or I want to save money, we got to get more specific into what that actually looks like. Uh, there's no specific plan involved. So if we go in and set a resolution, like I want to save money, but we're not setting a plan, it's very easy to revert back to our old spending habits and our old behaviors, because that's what we are programmed to do. We're programmed to be habitual. Um, there's also a factor that I see, and I see this a lot in the entrepreneur world, where you're going from zero to 100 on your goal. So that is not sustainable for most people. It's, right. it's, it's, this is about the long haul. So if these changes are important to you, uh, there's no rush to the finish line. So really implementing slow change and assessing what's working and what isn't working uh, can be the most sustainable path. Uh, but a big part of why resolutions tend to fail is that we have these habits and behaviors for a reason. So ultimately, they're giving us some kind of positive payoff. So if we remove them without understanding why we had these behaviors in the first place, it really sets us up to potential self-sabotage. When we come back, we're going to continue with, uh, that's great advice, man. I, I need to call you after the show. Uh, <laughs> the therapist needs a therapist. Talking to Lisa Jeffs, just a just a wealth of information and great advice. Life Coach will be back. You can give us a call, 416-870-6400. She's going to stick around for the next half. Uh, Yona Bud here, 640 Toronto. Addiction is a serious issue, and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Road to Recovery. I am your host this evening, Yona Bud, and I just wanted to let you know that I'm also the clinical director and the co-founder of the Farm in Stouffville, a residential treatment center, and Recover at Home, which is a treatment facility uh, designed for people to get comfortable in their own skin in the comforts of their own home. And I get to chat with a therapist here, a life coach, Lisa. 
Lisa Jeffs, and I got to tell you, it's really amazing because she's uh, got great advice, and um, yeah, it's always nice to hear from somebody who can uh, take the lead, and it doesn't have to be me. So welcome back, Lisa. Um, when people are Thank setting you. healthy goals for 2022, Lisa can help you. So give us a call here, 417-416-870-6400. Uh, while we're waiting to line up some calls, let me, uh, Lisa, let me go to one of the emails uh, we got this week. Um, happy holidays. I'm feeling down and hoping you can help me out with this because it's really stressing me out. I really want to get into fitness this year. I've always tried to set goals like working out once a week, cooking more healthy meals, and going out less. But I find that halfway into January, those goals are always completely not achievable. I end up feeling even worse than I did before, than I made my resolution to do better, and like uh, I let myself down. Is there anything I can do to actually stick to my goals this time? Lisa Jeffs, uh, life coach, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, the key here is starting slow. So if you're already going once a week, uh, let's break that down even more. Uh, it can get as small and incremental as you're just spending one week setting out your gym clothes. And the next week, you're just putting on your gym clothes, if this makes sense. So we are taking absolutely the smallest increments to start getting your mind and your body and your nervous system primed for this new routine. Um, Also, getting yourself excited about the deeper why to this, this new program that you want to implement. Why is it important to you? What are the benefits that you're going to experience? And write this writing this out in a journal and getting very tangible of, you know, once I get this routine going and I feel the way I want to feel, whether it's energized or I feel more flexible in my body, that's one of my uh, goals for 2022. You know, this is going to lead to me feeling more um, maybe social when I go out. I'm just throwing out examples here, but really getting clear on why this is important to you because it's not easy making these new changes. So we want to have that North Star very clear in our mind and and very clear how it's going to feel when we get there. So we're always moving towards something that matters to us and we can get excited about. I, I love the uh, getting the clothes ready because I know that's something I can do, um, and I can probably. And you got to understand, like I got a I got a bike with a screen that takes me to ride my bike anywhere in the world. It's, it's covered in dust. Um, I know mm-hmm. I don't want to make it about me, but I got you on the phone, <laughs> so I may as well. Um, but you know what? So and and then I get in my head, and like I know better, right? I'm a therapist. I should know better, right? I, I know better. But then I get into my head, and I start getting really down on myself. So when you set a resolution, sometimes it's more harm than good if it it comes like all this pressure on myself like I, oh, yeah. I, get, I almost I almost feel anxiety because I'm not on my bike yeah yeah can that, you help can it, you help me can you help me coach totally well there's goal trauma is a real thing right it's yeah, yeah. setting goals not achieving them and beating ourselves up about it and then just saying screw it I'm not going to set these goals anymore so right. it's grace and compassion go a long way right when we're setting these goals and again there's not to make it so black and white. Like if I don't achieve what I've set in the beginning, like I'm going to ride the bike once a week, then I failed. Right. Because as soon as we get into that mindset, we start beating ourselves up. 
the self-critical voice comes in and then we're just like this forget this i'm just going to go out and do something completely different so it's really getting to the place where you can see it as a learning journey right so there's no failure it's just data and information so if you're finding yeah if you're finding that the 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 bike is dusty then it's okay i'm going to get curious here you know, what's the reason that I am not getting on the bike? Is there a part of me that thinks that somehow this new activity is going to create some kind of pain for me? It's going to be more painful doing this than not doing it. So let me assess, is there actual self-sabotage going on here? So we um, can go really deep in the rabbit hole. You know, yeah, no kidding. That's what my wife says to me. Get out of the rabbit hole. Actually, when I go into the rabbit, because I have anxiety disorder, OCD, and ADD, so she helps manage me. Mm-hmm. And when I do go down the rabbit hole, she says hippity hop, and that's my safe word to know that I'm mm. going down the rabbit hole. I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, yeah, I like here's, that. Um, considering the circumstances we find ourselves in in COVID, when people are setting goals or trying to set firm goals, is it still a valuable thing to do? Or are you telling people, hey, listen, sounds like a good idea, but listen, build some flexibility in so that you don't, you know. So you have some room in case things don't work out. Do, do you build flexibility into the programs with your, your clients such that, like you said, I, I loved what you said. It, it's a journey. It's a discovery. So there's no win-lose or, 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 or not meeting you know particular needs mm-hmm. or timelines and so on. I love that. I love that slow your roll kind of thinking. Um, mm-hmm. but do you tell, you tell people, the, I, sort, I sort of tell my patients, you know, you got to put some of your, your goals carved in jello because they're going to move, not in stone. Are you a carved yeah. in jello kind of person too? Do you agree? Oh, totally. Totally. It's a constant process of aligning to the goal and then realigning because sometimes you're going to get to a place where you're like, okay, I'm, this isn't meaningful to me anymore, right? I've shifted. I've changed. I'm going to change the goalpost here. Um, and, and again, it's just about getting curious. What's working? What's not working? I love the, the thing of, of jello because it is, it's, it's wobbly. Uh, I Years ago, it was, you know, setting these huge monstrous goals um, and then kind of holding them concrete, whether we liked it or we didn't. And we're just continually moving towards this like a train, (laughs) which I'm guilty of. Um, Then you get burnt out. You're like, what was the point of even achieving this? It wasn't all it was made out to be in my mind. So understanding that goals should be aligned with the bigger vision you have for yourself. And the vision has to be something that is, again, very meaningful for you um, and clear in your mind. And if that goal is no longer aligned with your vision, get rid of the goal. I love it. So your vision, and, and let me let me ask you something. With the change of employment for people, lots of you know, I know a lot of folks have gone from, uh, let's say, being uh, involved in hospitality, food service, and suddenly are working on construction or in you know administrative roles. Um, how do we align our goals such to the change of environment, uh, events, um, uh, p- perhaps uh, the work we do? Um, how are we able to kind of you know, like you said, putting on the clothes? I really like that. I think there's a difference between you know 
maybe you put your, your, your nice dress or your suit and tie away and, you know, getting ready to, to go on construction is, you know, your blue jeans, you know, your, your, your flannel shirt and, and, and a nice, you know, thick pair of something, right? Um, yeah. is, would you agree that that sort of a, uh, can be a bit of a, a hold up for people, a bit of a, of a boundary or not a boundary, a kind of a bump in the road for folks that just, they're just not sure how to fit into this new environment they're about to step into? Mm-hmm. Totally. So what I recommend is doing the internal work first. So to explain this, so not looking at the external world first and then saying, okay, well, what goal is going to fit into my external world? But going within and really aligning to a goal that feels good to you, that is in alignment with your values and your vision, and then seeing how you can fit that into the external, if that makes sense. So does that make sense? Having the goal be really concrete within you and then finding a way for it to fit in the external, which you can always find that way as long as you're flexible. Uh, one here in the good, good, another, we've got a f- couple of minutes here. Let's uh, see if I can squeeze in another email. Uh, this is from Selena in Toronto. I've been looking at trying to improve my mental health this year, but I'm not sure where to start. I feel like I've been very anxious and had a negative outlook during 2021. So I want to, tr- I want to try to look at things more positively this year. What can I do to, what can you do to help or what can I do? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I think anxiety is just running rampant <laughs> in our city. Um, and I know that that's something that I've experienced throughout my life. So it can really take control of your life. So where I would start um, with mental health is first, do, keep, keeping it simple. So not overwhelming yourself with a whole bunch of different things, a whole leap of stuff to do, understanding that everything will stack onto one another. So you, again, you could start very, very slow. Um, breathing exercises phenomenal for anxious feelings, for running thoughts, for you're really bringing those thoughts in and calming the nervous system. You could even find them on YouTube, right? Just breathing exercises for anxiety. Um, And then one of the things that was really powerful as, as I started my journey in personal development and really working on healing myself and my anxious, my anxiety was just a simple gratitude practice every day, morning or night or both, you know, three things that I'm really, really grateful for. And I would write them in my journal and I would get to a place where I could really feel my energy just raising and I could feel that gratitude just expanding in me. It sounds so simple, but it was absolutely life changing. Well, here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is you're an amazing guest. The bad news is we're going to have you on again because you get to make that list, the uh, the pick of people we like to have back on. Uh, and if, if you want to reach Lisa at all uh, any other time, and I suggest you do if you're looking for some great coaching, uh, Lisa Jeffs, J-E-F-F-S uh, dot com, LisaJeffs.com. Lisa, you've been a great guest, real help for me. I really appreciate it, and we're 
definitely have you come back and uh, keep giving us some advice to get through uh, these difficult days. Lisa Jeffs, one of the best uh, coaches I've ever talked to, Toronto Life Coach, uh, with us here tonight on the Road to Recovery. When we come back, we're going to leave on a high note for the first hour. You want to join us for some cool stuff to talk about, 416-870-6400, if you want to jump in and say, hey. Anyway, Yonabad, 640 Toronto. Live, interactive, and here to assist you if you need help. Dealing with addiction, mental health challenges, and more. This is Road to Recovery with your host, Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. And welcome back. We've got Yoni here on the Road to Recovery. Thank you for joining us. You know, you gotta you gotta, you gotta leave this on a high note. You know, we're talking about changes and goals and setting you know, new boundaries for yourself and so on. I didn't really talk about that, but that's all part of it, right? Um, so I, I figured out my, my wife, Pumpkin, who is in, in wonderful shape, and uh, she's considerably younger than me, by the way, just so we put it all in the right perspective, in great shape, very physically fit, capable of doing lots of things that I'm not, um, and she loves to skate, the girl loves to skate. And she's been skating with her, her grandchildren. She's been skating by herself. And, you know, I finally decided this year that because ice skating is one of the things we're able to do this year, and they've opened some really cool places like under Sherburn Street, under the bridge. And, of course, City Hall is wonderful. The, you know, the, the Toronto City Hall, all city halls have seemed to have some form of skating rink. Uh, Mel Lassman Square up in North York. Uh, there's a bunch in Thornhill. Um, some private clubs have their own skating skating rinks in the back. Uh, you know, it's skating seems to be a thing. So I went and got skates. Well, I have short, wide feet. I'm going to be honest. I have short, wide feet. So I needed to find skates that were short and wide. So um, there's a particular make. Bauer is the make. And the... Um, they wanted to say that, uh, I wanted to say that, so I, I wasn't sure how to buy skates and, and I know they were hard to find. People, lots of people are thinking the same thing I am, blah, blah, blah. Here goes the story. I, I call one of the large retailers and they have a pair in my size. I drive out to this place. Uh, hundreds of people in a lineup to buy stuff. My anxiety goes through the roof. Manager does me a solid. She actually buys them for me, and then I buy them from her through the cash register somehow. Anyway, fast. it was a faster uh, in and out, but I didn't get a chance to really try them on. I know. How do you buy a pair of skates that you can't try on? It kind of doesn't make sense, but I did it anyway. That's a, that's a Yona Bud move for sure. So I tried them on uh, when I got home and realized that uh, they're hard to put on. Uh, anyway, my, my wife and I went skating at some synthetic place on top of a building. Uh, it was ridiculous. Uh, I couldn't do them up very well. The, stra- the, the laces were hard to do up. The, the skates are hard plastic. They're not leather like the old ones, so I can't bend them over to stick in the, eye, the, the laces into the eye. And why am I telling you this? Because I'm trying to adapt to this new thing, and everything I was trying to do to get there was really pissing me off. But I found something. I found a place called um, called the Major Sports. They're a hockey place on Dufferin Street in Toronto. And they have these things called Plan B straps. I'm a Plan B guy anyway as it relates to teaching patients how to come up with a Plan B so you don't have anxiety. Plan B straps. And what are they? What are they? They're three sets of straps that re- replace the laces, Right? You put your skein on, one strap, two straps, three straps, you're in, you're out. It is unbelievable, my friends. You can adapt. You can make the changes necessary to adapt. There's things to do this year in 2022. 2022, the year of you. 
Remember you heard that tonight. It's the year of you, 2022. I'm learning. I don't have to learn how to skate because I'm a good skater. I just needed to get back on skates. And it took me a little while. And uh, I finally figured it out again. Didn't fall, thankfully. Uh, refused to wear a helmet. I know that's stupid. It just they don't look nice. It doesn't go nice with my outfit. So I wasn't wearing one. Uh, but it worked out really well. And, you know, there's other things you can look forward to. If skating isn't your thing, like, you know, there's ways to adapt. For example, um, you know, if you haven't been to the, the immersive Van Gogh exhibit this year so far, uh, those same folks now have created something called immersive Frida Kahlo exhibit. It's a socially distanced way to see some really cool art, very famous art, actually, in a 360-degree room with great music. And you can learn something at the same time, and it's completely safe. Cirque du Soleil is planning to come back this year for the first time since 2019. Opening in April this time, they're hosting a steampunk-inspired performance. It should be amazing. This is all stuff to look forward to. Are you a TV fan like me? You watch a lot of TV? You can look forward to the immersive Friends experience starting in uh, February 2022. This is an experience that will feature rooms and activations from the show. Uh, many of us are probably binge-watching during the ap- academic, uh, during the pandemic. Um we're getting our first city Ikea in places like New York, Paris, Moscow, Shanghai. The Gerard Street store is just north of Young and Dundas if in the downtown area. And it's, it's designed specifically for people who live in uh, homes in the city, city-type city, city type homes, right? Smaller, smaller living rooms. You've got to be able to get stuff into the elevator and out of the elevator and so on. Um, so we're getting our first Ikea. That's cool to look forward to uh, if you're looking for that kind of thing. Um, if you want to relax after a crazy, hectic year, uh, make a trip to Whitby and supporting something called the Therma Spa Village. So after facing delays in 2019, this massive Nordic-style spa, listen to this, Nordic-style spa plans to open this year. It'll have eight, six, it'll have six, excuse me, dry saunas, two vapor baths, five warm pools, glacial plunge pools, they're going to be freezing cold, and restaurants you can visit while you're there. So that might be something I take pumpkin to for sure. And finally, what can we look forward to in 2022, the year of you? We can expect the Eglinton LRT, yep, to open later this year, ending nearly a decade of construction and headaches for local residents, businesses, and commuters. Once it's open, you can get across the city 60% quicker, according to the builders, of course. So I'll be happy with 50% under promise over deliver, right? We can finally get back to supporting those businesses who really need us in the areas that we live in, and hopefully we'll put a smile on everybody's face. So 2022, it's the year of you. You get a chance to do stuff that works for you, that makes your life easier, right? You know, I adapted to the concept of... uh, of going skating because it's easy to do, right? It's just easy to do. It's fun. Uh, it's, you know, relatively inexpensive. Actually, there are places you can go where it's completely free, right? Um, see if I can get Sophia on the phone here, on the, on the, on the, not on the phone, on the radio. Sophia. Yeah. So 2022, what do you, what, what, what do you have planned to do this year that you've never done before? Do you think? That's a good question. I think, I'm planning on taking some time off. That's oh my gosh. <laughs> very not like me, but I've decided maybe once I finish school, going to take a couple weeks and if it's safe, maybe travel. Otherwise, might just go to the IKEA for a little bit of the Swedish experience. Um, what about you, Jonna? Anything new coming to you that you've never done before? Well, I mean, uh, that I haven't done before. Yeah, I'm going to start eating healthy uh, and trying to get on that bike I was talking about. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I think similar to you, I think I'm just work on taking a little more Yona time. 
Um, I think I have, uh, I, I've lost a little bit of a, of a, of a kind of a, a boundary around taking time for myself as much as I know it's a good thing to do. But you know what? Like, like you, I know you're, you're a busy young lady. You've got lots going on and between school and work and everything else and family. Um, for me, it's like, it's just so hard to turn the, to turn the video off or turn the phone off. There's just so many people that need help. And I, I guess what I need to do this year is learn how to not believe that it's all on me, right? Uh, I once had a therapist that said, honestly, Yona, there was life before Yona and there'll be life after Yona. So if you take some time off, people will still survive. So I think learning, I think this year I'm going to learn how to let myself go a little bit. What do you think? Does that sound corny? No, I think it sounds good. I think it sounds like something you can do at that Whitby Spa. Actually, they've faced so many delays. When I was looking into that story, I really wanted to... Just shout out for our listeners, um, and even Natasha from the call screen booth was telling me that she's excited to hopefully get out there too. Just the importance of all those businesses, all the struggles that they faced, and if we can really work to support them in you know some really exciting things actually coming to Toronto. So I know 2022, maybe it's off to a little bit of a rocky start, maybe not the start we were all expecting. I certainly didn't expect to have another birthday in lockdown. Um, but there are still some bright spots in there that hopefully will make people smile. Yeah, the bright spot is you had a birthday. Having, <laughs> having two days. Oh, sorry, sorry. Having a birthday. Excuse me. God, that you're having a birthday. That's the bright spot. You know, and you're right. It's so, it's just so odd. Eh? It's just so difficult to want to, you know, I had all kinds of plans to go to a gym and I had a trainer all lined up and now the gym is closed, which, you know, actually, I'll be honest with you, I smiled a little bit because I really wasn't into it, but I figured I needed to do it anyway. So uh, these lockdowns are just giving me another few weeks to kind of get my act together and realize that I need to get my butt out of the, out of the house and go and we're actually physically work out somewhere and come home because I'm never going to do it here. I'm going to make it on that bike a little bit once in a while, but I don't think I have the discipline to, uh, to do what it takes to really stay on, you know, stay on track. Right. If you will. Anyway, we're going to take a break here. We're going to pay for the show with some commercials and such and, uh, give you guys up, uh, get you up on the news. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, talk more about the, a little bit more on the impact of mental health and, and so on. Um, and how you find, you know, how, how do you find a good therapist? Basically, how, we're going to talk a little bit about how you can find a good therapist. Um, yeah, and that kind of stuff. So lots more to do. Some more guests coming up. Go get yourself a drink, use the bathroom, maybe make a little sandwich and uh, stretch your legs. And when we come back, we've got another hour of really cool stuff. Yonabud, 640 Toronto. You're listening to Road to Recovery with Yonabud, only on 640 Toronto. Hey, and welcome back to the second half of Road to Recovery. Get back on the bus now. It's time to bring your snacks and everything. Keep your arms in. Don't stick your hands outside the window. We have Mark on the phone. We're going to go to him in just a second. Um, we're going to talk about anxiety with Mark, I think. In 2018, roughly 5.3 million people in Canada mentioned that they need help for their mental health in the previous year. Almost half of these Canadians either had their needs partially met with some help, 1.2 million, or had their needs for, were fully met, 1.1 million. Canadians who needed help for their mental health but were without a regular health care provider were more likely to report unmet or partially met needs, about 60% of those people, compared to those who did have a regular health care provider, about 40%. The most frequently reported reasons for having unmet or partially met needs were related to not knowing where to go, being too busy, or not being able to afford to pay for a, for a therapist. Uh, Mark, we have you on the uh, air. How can I help you tonight? Uh, hi. I uh, hear you speaking often, and uh, I know that this is a heavy subject sometimes in this world. 
I believe everyone has certain uh, anxieties in this world. What uh, in one book I read, anxiety is ex in some definition expectation of some kind of pain, and that's what anxiety means when we expect some kind of problem, something painful. Uh, that's the feeling of what we feel, what we call anxiety. Um, what I wanted to share. I have uh, had my experiences, I guess, in life, my lessons. Um, what I want to talk about, the importance of beliefs, what we believe. So, so, so Mark, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk. So do you have a therapist? Uh, do, you, do you have a therapist to help you with your anxiety? I believe, uh, I did not say I have anxiety. I oh, I'm sorry. I say that I, we are all learning in our ways, you know, in our lives. Okay, so, so, so. I, I, you're your own therapist. Okay, well, I, I hope you don't fix your own teeth, too. So listen in on this, Mark. I, wanna, I want you to pay attention to what we're talking about here because it might be helpful. Anybody who's, anybody who's looked for a therapist, try to find a therapist, trying to get themselves connected to a therapist, has a really difficult time. Um, and, you know, it's, I get people all the time who call me and uh, want to you know, talk about how I might be able to help. And uh, by the way, if anybody's looking for help and uh, you can't get me during the show for whatever reason, 877 Seven 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 five eight zero eight. So, uh, if you need to reach out, we'll do what we can to help you, or send you somewhere, or direct you, give you some free advice, whatever we can do to help. Right? Um, but the idea of picking a therapist um, takes—it's like—it's like Match.com. Think about Match.com in terms of, or any of the any of the matching sites. Excuse me, where you know you're trying to find someone to hopefully spend your life with or spend some time with, you know, looking at ways to find the right therapist. You know, what are you looking for? First of all, what is it you're trying to want, trying to deal with? Are you trying, is it like you know, Mark is suggesting a lot of us have anxiety and perhaps we're looking to deal with our anxiety? Um, you know, he uh, talked about a belief system. I'm sure that's where that conversation was going in terms of some connection to a higher power, which if that's the way you go and that works for you, that's great. But when you need it, we all need somebody to talk to. And, and it generally can't be the person that we're closest with because those are the people that, you know, aren't going to see us in the light that a therapist would see you in. So when people come to me and I do something called an assessment interview, it takes about 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. And it's really an opportunity for more. The assessment interview for me is more about an opportunity for me to connect with the patient and the patient to connect with me. So, if for you know, I have a particular style. It's not for everybody. Some people find it a little brash. Um, I'm all about getting stuff done. I'm not the kind of therapist that says our half hour is up. I'll see you next week. My, my patients leave with something they can do that minute, that day to make their lives a little better. So I, I'm a little more demanding perhaps on some of my patients. Uh, they need to be motivated. I can't be the one selling them on the motivation. You really got to want to help and want to help. And you got to be okay with my straightforward approach, which is, you know, it's a no BS kind of approach and uh, it's a partnership. For sure, uh, and my other uh, my other uh, uh, thing is you can't lie to me. I don't care what you do, just don't lie to me. So I might not be a good fit for you if you're listening. I might be a great fit for you if you're listening. But other therapists that are out there. There's tons of them. So are you looking for someone who understands you better? Maybe uh, you're looking for a female. Maybe you're looking for a male. Maybe you're looking for someone who uh, has more experience in one particular area. Maybe you're looking for someone who's a little more senior. Perhaps you're looking for someone who's a little more junior that you can connect with. So it's like a matching system. You got to kind of see it. Um, Sophia, you're you're there. You're listening in. You know, I, I don't know. Have you ever have you ever been to a therapist for any reason? Oh yeah, I'm I'm Gen Z. Of course I have. Yeah. Okay, you're Gen Z. <laughs> of course I have. So when you found the therapist, how how were you able to? Did you connect with the first one you met? Um, I did, but I think there's so much, and it can be so overwhelming. So I was lucky 
to have kind of in the data that we touched on in, in your intro, Yona, I was lucky to have a really good primary care provider who had those connections and was able to just kind of set me on the right path for what I needed at the time. And then, you know, as needs and circumstances change, evolve, you might decide you don't need to see that person as often or anymore. You might be needing someone who's a bit more specialized in a certain area. I know with your patients, you're specialized in addiction and recovery and that kind of thing. Other people might need therapists for other things. So there is really so much to navigate. Maybe can you tell us a bit about like what the specialty really means and why that could be an advantage? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you want to be dealing with somebody, for example, if you're, if you have a, a habitual issue or a problem with addiction, for example, not all therapists are, are capable of dealing with it. So you want to make sure when you're looking at somebody's bio that they've got some experience, maybe they've done a placement or they've worked somewhere where that's a particular part of what they do uh if you can get if you can get like a video uh like some of these therapists put up a a quick video i've got hundreds of them out there of you know of of things i'm saying about different things you can connect with you know the person out there seeing what they how they how they come across the words they use their their the the methodology the way they they swing their arms or they don't their body language and so on um but you know every for everybody there's a well there, there there's a, there's a, a therapist to deal with pretty much anything and everything. So some therapists do a much better job with certain things and other therapists do job better job with other things. And how you narrow it down is by first of all, what first of all you got to determine if therapy is the right step for you. So are you just having a bad day or is it something you need to consider uh, and stay in the process? So my, my belief is, and I don't know how you feel, Sophia, but my belief is that everyone needs somebody to talk to. And in your case, you were really lucky because your, your, family, your, your family doctor, your primary care physician, <clears throat> not everybody has one, but your fr- primary care physician knows you well and probably knows how to connect you properly with someone who would be a good fit for you, which is why for you, it was a, you know, thankfully, it was an easier experience out of the gate, as they say. For many patients... They got to go through two or three people. They got to share their story over and over and over again, and it's very difficult. So, how do you how do you know the type of help you need? To your point exactly, uh, is there a way to narrow it down? So, I'm looking for someone that's going to help me with the following. You know, I have issues with my pat, my family. I can't seem to hold down uh, a relationship. I'm having issues with with uh, with um, with intimacy and so on. So, you're probably looking for a counselor that has an expertise in family dynamics or relationship management, right? Relationship uh, therapy, somebody who can help you be a better, uh, better person, you know, be a better version of yourself uh, so that it's an easier fit for you uh, when you're meeting people and, and looking for the types of things, narrowing down the specific things you're looking for in someone and maybe looking at yourself more closely, which I think is the big part of it. So you can, you know, you can always talk, um, you know, with a, with a special, with a person who's got a specialty in a particular area because they kind of get it out of the gate, right? You know, I, I specialize in, in high trauma, uh, mental health and addiction. So uh, people who are really in that life and death situation is really my area of expertise, but I do a whole lot of other stuff too. But for those that narrow it down, right? I, you know, I deal with post-traumatic stress. I deal with kids 13 to 21. That's kind of my real wheelhouse in terms of um, particular areas of expertise. But I can, you know, I can, I have the skill set to help pretty much, you know, most situations, as do most therapists. It doesn't mean that they're not skilled in the area. It just not might be the best fit for you. So you have to understand that the circumstance that you're looking to get some help with will should and could determine the kind of therapist you're looking for. And it's very difficult. We're you know we're looking at ways to to streamline 
the sort of the uh, the filtration process of how you actually can filter uh, your needs through a process that you can you know then get connected with the proper therapist. So understanding specific areas of expertise, right? Um, all therapists, for the most part, if they're trained well and have any expert any, any real experience, uh, deal with simple things like anxiety and depression, low self esteem. Those are the three general kind of uh, mood mindsets or behavioral mindsets that you know all of us work on. And then we all sub into our our our, our situation. We know I've got a team of therapists that that work for me. At, they work for us in various businesses that we that we offer help through, and and they're all varying. They're they're all you know they range from the button down you know clinical approach to the kickback you know guy off the back of a bike uh, you know approach. So about me being that as a motorcycle. So in other words, everything from relaxed and, and easygoing to you know to more uh, to more academic and more uh, intense uh, clinical type therapy. So it depends on what you think fits for you. I, I suggest that the, if you do have a family practitioner, um, you, you really need to, um, you need to sort of reach out like, like Sophia did, reach out and see if you can find a connection. It's very important that you're able to connect with your therapist. You have to, you got to click. And if you don't trust them, like, you know, the first thing I say to somebody after my 20 minute assessment with them and we talk and we chat and we, and I say, so, okay, number one, here's what, did, did any of this conversation help? Yes or no? Okay, great. Do you feel like I got you? It's the first question I asked them. Do you think I got you? And then some of them will say, what do you mean? I said, well, you, you just talked to me for the last 20 minutes. Do you believe that I, I understand you? I feel you. I get, I get where you're coming from, that I, that I get you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's a good fit for us. I, I, I get you. I understand you, and you get that I get you. So that's a great combination. And there are red flags, right? There's certain red flags that are that might be a clue that the therapist isn't a good for, good fit for you. Some of those red flags would be, you know, they just don't seem to understand, or you ask questions that they don't answer, or they already have a, you know, they have a, a system in place that you need to follow as opposed to them following you. You know, when I get on a call, a, a session with a therapist with with a patient, you know, the, all day long, every day, each one is different. And I don't expect that it's going to be a, you know, that, that I have a particular game plan in mind. I have things I want to talk about that I think are important for us to share in our sessions, but I got to go with the flow. I got to go with where the patient's coming from. So if, if, if the, if the, the therapist isn't feeling you, isn't getting you, isn't giving you the room to be you and doesn't understand what you're talking about, that's definitely a, a red flag and a green flag. A green flag is when it just goes smoothly. You know how you meet people, you just kind of click and it works. And that's what you're looking for. And if you're thinking about pursuing therapy and you're feeling stigmatized or, or shamed about it, right, you shouldn't be, right? You, you just, you, you, what you want to know is that there's people out there to help and you're more than welcome to call me, 877-777-5808. I'll direct you. I'll give you some help. We can do an assessment. We can figure out uh, who might best suit you, whether it's government supplied or whether you're for, you can afford treatment. Um, all kinds of options. I've been at this a really long time. I'm more than willing to help. As a matter of fact, it would be my pleasure and my honor. So finding the right therapist is like kind of finding a, you know, a new mate, a housemate, a, you know, someone you can get along with, someone that you don't worry so much about taking your shoes off and relaxing around. You need to be you and not pretend to be somebody else. And that's really important in searching for a therapist. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, breakups around Christmas time. We're going to be joined by an expert and talk about how come around the holidays, relationships bust up and families break up. And I don't know, you'd think that would be the last time. But anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to a relationship coach and uh, hear what she has to say uh, about the uh, breakups around Christmas time and what we can do when something like that happens to us. Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. 
Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Hey there, welcome back. This is Yona on the Road to Recovery. Thank you for joining us this evening. Anytime you want to send me an email, road to recovery at 640toronto.com. Love to hear from you. You know, we tend to think of Christmas and the holiday season as a time of joy and love. After all, December is one of the most common times to get engaged with Christmas Day topping that list. But it turns out that the holidays are also one of the most popular times of the year to end a relationship. In fact, 2010 analysis of breakups via Facebook statuses found that splitting up seemed to spike two weeks before the holidays with the highest number of breakups occurring around December the 11th. So why, in the midst of all the holiday spirit and mistletoe, are there so many breakups around Christmas? We're going to talk to a relationship expert here, Katerina Alexopoulos, and she's joining us this evening. She's a Toronto-based therapist who uses holistic approach uh, by integrating psychology principles with holistic treatments, including meditation, yoga, and energy work. Uh, she strives to support individuals to discover what brings them joy while cultivating an authentic and purposeful life. Wow, sounds like exactly what I need. Katerina, thank you for joining us this evening. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Yona. I keep Pleasure telling my here. wife, you know, we're working hard, we're doing all this stuff, and, you know, things are okay, but I, I need to find more joy, right? Joy seems to be yeah, the no, thing I, that everybody, right? Yeah, totally. I think that that's really the the key to it all. Yeah, you know what? And it's interesting. When I first meet a patient, the first, you know, one of the my, my going forward lines is, okay, if I had three, if I could grant you three wishes, you know, what would they be? Don't ask me for a, a fancy car and a lot of money. And they'll say, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And, you know, eight out of ten won't ask for happiness or won't ask to be yeah. joyful. And it, yeah, it's, why, so why are we missing that? Why do we think that that's kind of like a given or maybe it's just not something we can accomplish? What do you think? Well, I, I don't think it's a given for a lot of people, to be honest. I think a lot of folks have it in mind that success in life means checking certain boxes off. So it might be, you know, the job, in a certain level of income, family, uh, a home. But we never really think about how we want to feel when we have those achievements in our life. So often people will say, you know, I'll be happy when fill in the blank. And I'll say, but, but what will that look like? What will your day to day feel like? And they kind of they kind of step back for a second and no one's ever asked them that before. Right. Because at the end of the day, they just want what they want, but they don't realize that when they get there, it may not give them the happiness they're looking for. And that's, that I think is the, is the key to the whole thing here, right? Is that, you know, once you get what you think you want and you get there and it's like, okay, so, you know, I had a patient tell me the other day, he's a very successful young man. We do a, we do a bunch of coaching work together, which grew out of our addiction work together. So, um, you know, really doing well. And he said to me, you know, I'm really successful. I made, you know, all kinds of money this year. I've, you know, bought a new car, bought a new house. I got all this. And I just, I'm just not happy. You know, my wife tells me we're having a baby and I'm really excited about it, but I'm just not finding the joy. What is, what is maybe we should define for some people what, 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 chal- what the challenges of finding joy and what, what does joy actually feel like for people? Hmm. That's a that's a really great a great way to pose it because I I think you know if I had to define joy joy is an experience first and foremost it's a feeling that you have when you're very much in the moment um, and I think it requires a certain level of mindfulness and presence to be able to even notice that we're having these feelings uh, we can experience joy but if so, we don't know how to tune in to our feelings then it's it's just yeah it was pretty good yeah I felt great that day. 
but we don't recognize what that really means. We don't, and, and, and a lot of people, even myself, you know, I, I find that certain things make me happy, but I'm really not sure where they're coming from. Um, you know, and again, you know, being that I help other people find their happiness, it's sometimes, or not sometimes, it's obviously, I'm sure for you too, more difficult when you're actually the therapist to find your own, your own place, uh, without having good therapy. So I'm really happy that you're on here because I'm stealing some free advice while I've got you. Um, you know, breaking up during the holidays though can be really difficult. And and I'm looking at the stats and I'm thinking, okay, December the 11th. So is that people breaking up because they want to be single for New Year's Eve and go out and find somebody better? Or why do you think it would be the holiday season per se when someone would say okay enough is enough or this isn't working for me and I'm out you know I think for a lot of folks the holidays can feel like a bit of a pressure cooker Um, it's a time when we're often going back to see our families we don't always have the best relationships with them Uh, we have this really romanticized idea around Christmas and proposals and I think it can it can perhaps have us um, take a look at where things are at because if the sort of storybook um, romance tells us that you know a Christmas proposal or Christmas romance is, is what we should strive for it sort of gets us to check in with how are things actually going in my relationship and for some people, maybe that's the time that they look at it and they say, hey, it's not, it's not working. You, you find, though, that people, um, you know, I do too. I, I find this often with people that, you know, they know things aren't going well. They just kind of like sleeping dogs lie, as they say, um, you know, kind of don't want to kick the, the, bee, the, 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 the bees, uh, the bees nest or the beehive, so to speak, but just kind of leaving things as they are, kind of settling for. It really takes a lot of parts, doesn't it, to reflect and really want to make change, even if the change is difficult. Of course. Um, And often what I find with folks is that they will stay in a situation that's uncomfortable and perhaps painful until it becomes so painful that the thought of changing isn't as bad anymore. Right. So it's the easier, it's easier to get past what the, what, what they're feeling because they're sick and tired of what they've got. Right. So let me ask you, it can be very difficult for people that are having gone, having gone through a breakup, um, especially, you know, this time of the year, uh, when everyone feels the need to comment on the relationship and what went wrong, mm-hmm. how do you make sure that, how does somebody make sure that they have a, a healthy support system? Because the last thing you want are people bugging you like your mom or, or your girlfriend or your buddies or saying, you know, what happened and, you know, it's okay. She was no good for you anyway. You don't want to really hear that stuff, do you, when you're looking for some support? Well, and that's just it, that last part that you said. You're looking for support. So I think it's really important um, to be intentional around who we're asking for support because we all have those people in our lives who can be, um, you know, a little bit negative or maybe the relationships that they've been in don't really go so well. They're not the kind of people that we necessarily want to take advice from. And yet when we're feeling low, we kind of, sometimes we just reach out to anybody. So how, what I encourage people to do is to think about people in your life who you feel care about you Um, who, when you spend time with or you talk to, you feel energized after. It's like they raise your vibration a bit, as opposed to people who might be pessimistic or negative and you feel tired after you see them. That's not who you want to go to for support. Well, we're talking to Katerina Alexopoulos. Uh, Will you come back another time? Because we're just running out of time, and I'd love to do more of this kind of stuff with you. I'd love to. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, that'd be great. So we'll have you back on and we'll make sure the producers put you on the hot list. Uh, I'm talking to Katerina Alexopoulos. You can reach her at, uh, at uh, katerinatherapy.com, K 
K-A-T-E-R-I-N-A therapy.com. Just a wonderful guest. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Happy 2022. It's the year of you. And uh, yeah, let's do some more of this because I think we can change some lives together and make a difference. So, you know, if if you had a breakup this year and you're, you know, you're looking for the right kind of support, Katerina is probably a good person to reach out to. And within your structure, as exactly as, as, as she said, you know, you want to make sure that the people that you're reaching out to aren't, you know, the naysayers, aren't people like I told you so, or, you know, I told you she was no good. I told you he was an ass. You know, it's, you don't want to hear that later, right? Um, it's not something we're looking forward to. We're not interested in hearing uh, what we should have known before. We just want to hear that it's going to be okay. I got your back. It's all right. Let's hang out. There'll be something else, you know, there'll be, there'll, there'll be something better on the horizon for you. You know, the, you make changes for a reason from, you know, everything comes to a, to an end for a reason and, you know, so on. You're looking for sympathy. You're looking for someone to understand. And frankly, you're just looking for someone to listen. And my wife taught me years ago, Pumpkin taught me years ago, you need to be more like one of her girlfriends and just listen. I don't have to fix it. You don't have to fix things for people. You just got to be there to listen for them. And sometimes that's fixing enough. When we come back from break, we're going to talk to uh, Michelle and Hang. She's a family and mental health counselor. Talk about a bunch of different stuff about broken family relationships. I think it's important to listen to. And uh, maybe we can uh, share on that and learn a little bit together. Yonabud, 640 Toronto. Addiction is a serious issue, and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on 640 Toronto. Hey, and welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. This is Yona Bud, and you are on the Road to Recovery. Uh, we're into our second hour. We're almost done, and what an incredible New Year's Day it has been. Thank you to Sophia for all the great work she's doing. Hey, listen, you ever been uh, out and uh, visiting with family and friends or at a family dinner, let's say Christmas time, for example? where it's just becomes a bit of a, just a, a mess, you know, people saying not nice things to each other and talking about one another in ways that are really negative. You know, my mother used to say, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, is that like what goes on at your house or is it, oh my God, I can't believe my aunt said that or my mother's making me crazy about getting married or being too heavy or being too thin. Well, I want to talk to you about that. And, you know, if your holiday dinner went a little too far, maybe you walked out of there going, saying something that you're shaking your head now, going, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I want you to know that people do that. And you know what? Sometimes relationships, even when they're family relationships, maybe especially when they're family relationships, can often be extremely toxic. I tell you, in the work that I do with patients that have addiction issues and mental health, sometimes the biggest triggers in their lives come from family family members and those that are actually the closest. Why? Because we reduce our, our barriers and we let people in when they're close to us because we figure, wow, they can't possibly hurt us, right? So the idea of a family is one that always sticks together regardless of the situation, kind of like you see on TV, you know, the Cleavers, if you're old enough to remember Beaver Cleaver or, you know, any of the shows that are on TV today that show families as being, you know, all together and they never have harsh words for one another. That's not a realistic situation in most houses today in 2022. So estrangement actually happens all the time for all kinds of reasons. It's usually because you say something stupid or someone says something stupid to you and then you walk away from each other going, okay, I'm done. I never want to have this conversation again. I never want to see you again. We're done. So it can be because of different feelings, different beliefs. They don't like your boyfriend. They don't like your girlfriend. They don't like your choices, your hair color. Well, you have a beard, don't have a beard. Sometimes it's abusive. Sometimes it's just disagreements about who you like, who you don't like, who you're married to. Sometimes that's a big deal. How about overbearing parents or grandparents? For sure, that's a big issue. And lots of people refuse to apologize. And then for years and years and years, you don't talk to one another. So it's all about boundaries and setting uh, proper um, relationship structures 
that make your relationship with the people in your lives healthy and beneficial. If you're in a relationship that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, hmm, probably shouldn't be in that relationship. So we have an expert here with us tonight. Her name is Michelle Nang, and she's a personal uh, family and career counselor specializing in family relationships. So she's going to talk to us and talk us through why we might feel some pressure to repair relationships with family. And maybe we should, and maybe we shouldn't, but we're going to go to Michelle because she's really the expert. Good evening, Michelle, and welcome to Road to Recovery. Hi there. Thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm full of energy because it is, after all, a celebration here tonight. So the holidays are a really tense time for a lot of people when it comes to family relationships. Uh, seems to be taboo to talk about it, though, right? What are some of the biggest concerns and worries that your clients, your, your patients, express when the holiday season draws near or perhaps post-holiday season when they come to you when they're really messed up? Well, I think you named all of them. Just, uh, yeah, the family <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> the dread over who's going to be doing what, who will say what, uh, just, yeah, mentally preparing themselves for it beforehand. And yeah, looking forward to hearing next week when I'm back at work, what, uh, what has come up for people and, and moving forward but from the it, holidays. Do you also find, I mean, I certainly find in my practice, but I'm sure you do in yours, that generally the most toxic relationships are, you, are really the ones closest to us. It's typically not, you know, a stranger, a friend, somebody at work. Um, how do we, how do we reconcile that? That mm. you know, we want to be close, we want to have these tight relationships, but it also requires us being vulnerable and open. How do we keep ourselves from maybe getting burnt with that opportunity or in that opportunity? Yeah, I think. I mean, the work always starts with us uh, learning how we can uh, better our our communication skills always about doing our personal work, recognizing what our triggers are um, and, and trying to, to mitigate that, uh, navigate around that. What's, you know, taking responsibility for our part in the dynamic because all family relationships are a dance. It does involve all the parties. It's not just one person's fault. So just recognizing what our role in, in all of this is, that, that's the starting point. And then, you know, communicating what our wishes are. Um, I always say, you know, even just having conversations with family members and um, letting them know what your intention is. You know, I want this to be better. I want us to be able to communicate better. Um, you know, seeing where it goes from there. Sometimes, very often, we need professional support too. We need somebody who's objective <laughs> that can step in and, and kind of mediate the conversation depending on how how heated it could get or how emotional it can get. So, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're just jumping in right now, we're talking to uh, Michelle Anang, and she's a uh, counselor specializing in family and career and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so I, I often hear from people, and I'm sure so do you, and the, the term codependent uh, in relationships. And, and, you, and you really hit on it when you said it's a two-way street. You know, it's never, it's never just about your mother. It's about your my relationship with my mother or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, right? Um, this concept of codependency, maybe you can kind of dumb it down for people and make it simple to understand that people, oh, I have a codependent relationship with my mother. They really don't know what that means. What does it mean? Ah, codependent. Let's see, how do I define that? Uh, well, the way I see it is um, those, and I am a recovering codependent myself. So, uh, okay. Yes, you know, starting out with... Um, First of all, finding that we need um, somebody else, uh, the belief that we need somebody else to fill our needs. I think that's, that's one of the core basics of, of codependency. 
um, you know, having expectations, being involved, losing ourselves in relationship as well, of just giving and giving and giving to the point that we have nothing left um, and we are completely enmeshed with the person. Uh, I, I use the metaphor of, of the roller coaster uh, where, you know, we will all get on the roller coaster and go through the highs and lows. We're not individually, you know, responsible for our own roller coaster rides. We think that we are all responsible for each other's and we will go through all those ups and downs, but to a point that's not healthy and, so, and lacks boundaries. You know, uh, what, and, and the boundaries are great words for our segue. I don't know how much time we've got, but let's get in as much, get in as much as we can. Um, mm -hmm. the, 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 when people cross your boundaries and people understand what boundaries are, I, you know, I refuse to allow my so-and-so to, to, to do this to me ever again or whatever. Those are boundaries based on choices. When, someone, when a family member or loved one crosses that boundary, what's, what's a kind of a, a simple way to resurrect that boundary and put it back into, back into check? Just stating it. You know, we, we often, that's such a big part. And, and it's a part of codependency as well as kind of the secrecy and keeping things in. So just saying, you know, that's, that's a boundary. These are my boundaries. Please don't cross them. And then letting people know too, that if the boundary is crossed, this is what's going to happen. So if you speak to me in this tone or using this kind of language, expect that I will walk away and I will not participate in this conversation. That's setting a healthy boundary. You know, uh, people find themselves constantly around the holiday season, you know, whether it's uh, Christmas time, Hanukkah, Easter, uh, whatever, some holiday season. Um, they People find that it's a pressure. They feel pressured to uh, try to resurrect a relationship, kind of, you know, set it up before they get to the party so that it isn't really a, you know, a mess when they get there. Um, is that a guilt? You know, when, when people are driven by that kind of guilt, for example, and you're in a situation with like that, and you're trying to resurrect a relationship. What happens when you come across a, a fam familiar relationship or someone close to you, but they don't really want to put the relationship back together? At what point do you say, I've done what I can and, you know, and walk away? Um, I don't think there's a clearly defined um, point, but I think we all know when we reach it. I know I've reached that in, in certain relationships in my life and in my family as well. And, and in certain friendships of just, this doesn't feel good anymore. This is feeling bad more than it feels good. And we kind of know, we, we have that sense. It's one of, it's, I, I don't believe that estrangement or, you know, creating harsher, not harsher boundaries, but stronger boundaries, uh, they don't come out of the blue. It's usually something we've been thinking about for a long time and, and we know when it has to happen. So I think trusting our intuition and, and our gut is probably the best way to go. Uh, I think we have a little bit of time left. I'm going to ask you a question. When does it? When is it not selfish? People feel like, well, if I put up my, my patients tell me all the time, well, yeah, I want to do that. I want to put the boundaries. But I just feel so selfish. How do people have to understand? Can you help people understand that putting up boundaries isn't a selfish act, although it is self care driven? Yes, it is never selfish. I think I say this 10 times a day to different clients of self-care and boundaries are not selfish. They are healthy. Um, everybody needs to know what, what our boundaries are. This is how we can have healthy relationships is just, you know, creating, creating those boundaries, knowing what each person is okay with, what they are not okay with. And then deciding from that place, you know, if somebody says here, these are my boundaries, if you're not okay with it, you, you have permission to walk away. Uh, but I think it's, you know, so culturally driven, society driven, 
uh, this idea that, you know, if, if you take care of yourself, that you are selfish and it, it is so untrue. It's, uh, you know, really an outdated theory that we need to <laughs> get over. So here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is you're a phenomenal guest. And the bad news is now you're on our list. So <laughs> you're going to be called on again. I'm talking with Michelle Ananga, excellent therapist, great advice. How do people find you if they may need some help? I don't have that information. Thank you. you yes. And up? actually, I am a coach, not a therapist. So oh, I excellent. did want to make that, that clarification because I don't have, uh, I have different training. Okay. Uh, but people can reach me on my website, which is michelleanhang.com. Uh, or you can find me all over so- social media. I'm, I'm everywhere. Look up Michelle Anhang or Michelle Anhang Coaching and you will find me. Okay, Coach. Well, uh, you'll be hearing from us again. I hope you have an incredible New Year's Day and stay out of that codependent relationship. We're talking with Michelle <laughs> Anhang, uh, a coach and, uh, and a family counselor. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll have a little time with Yona, a little one-on-one time. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. <laughs> Live, interactive, and here to assist you if you need help. Dealing with addiction, mental health challenges, and more. This is Road to Recovery with your host, Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome back. What a busy show. I don't know if you're tired, but my feet are killing me from all this running around here. I uh, hope you've uh, learned something, enjoyed the conversations, benefited in some way. We'd love to hear from you right now. 416-870-6400 or 888-225-8255. Little time for just you and me to kind of chill together here and get to know one another, chat a little bit. Um, I'd love to hear from you, so chime in. You know, what are your what are you, what are you doing for 2022 to be a little bit better, <clears throat> work a little harder maybe, uh, kind of things you're trying to accomplish? So um, I think what I, what I try to do is I try to come up with a dozen things throughout the year that I want to focus on. So I do one a month. Um, that way I'm not taking a whole bunch of time, a whole bunch of stuff on at once. Uh, so here are the thing, no, no particular order, but here's my dozen. I kind of wrote them down. Um, I want to add sloppy Sundays to my life where things don't have to be in order to help me with my OCD, uh, which mean for me, I, it manifests in a way where things have to be kind of perfect and lined up nicely. So sloppy Sundays, uh, maybe not even brush my teeth that day. Um, and just a day where things don't have to be perfect. They can be sloppy and messy, uh, and get okay with that. So a month of sloppy Sundays, getting healthy. I'm not going to do it for a month, but I'm going to put a real month into it to kind of begin the process and keep going. So getting healthy for me, uh, eating a little bit better, trying not to eat in the evening, uh, working out a little bit more uh, or at all, <laughs> and uh, doing what I can to uh, stick around for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, learn to be a bit more understanding. I think it's important that for me that I'm, I'm a little more understanding. I think I, I because of my work, I live in I live in some pretty dark places with people. Uh, although we do, for the most part, come out the other side and find some sunshine. But in the meantime, you know, it's I, I got to learn to understand a little bit more about other people's plight. And sometimes I just can't fix it, and that's okay. Uh, trying to understand, be more understanding, and maybe more uh, more more compassionate with myself about being understanding about where people are. Uh, obviously, these are selfish, right? These are things I want to do for me. I want to try harder. I just, I just want to try harder. I sometimes find that I do what I've been doing for so long that sometimes uh, I'm, I coast um, and you know still, still, still do a good job. Uh, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm really, you know, I, I could try a little bit harder. I want to stretch my comfort zone. So a, a month, I spend a month kind of focusing on all of these things. Uh, and then collectively, they come together as an annual uh, culmination of, of things I'm try, I try to change and do better with. Um, and when I look at change, 
you know, the things I want to change in my life. Um, I think those are, have to be, for me, they have to be things that I'm empowered to do. Uh, I don't, I don't want to change those around me. I don't like those that people that are around me, I can change my time with them. In other words, I can choose to spend time with them or not. That's certainly within my bailiwick, certainly within my, the realms of my expertise. What about you? What are you going to, what are your plans for 2022? I'm just giving it ones I got here just to kind of fill in and share a little bit about who I am. I want to hear from you though. 416-870-6400-888-225-8255. We won't bite your head off. I promise you can use a, a fictitious name i don't care and an, an, uh, an alias as they say uh but we i'd love to hear from you what are your plans for 2022 what are you what are you going to do right so stretching my comfort zone doing things that just aren't so easy i guess it's maybe ties together with try harder um but uh you know just doing stuff like you know going skating uh something i haven't done in a long time and uh, wanted to do and it took some effort and i had to buy the skates and play with the skates and walk in the skates in the in my in my uh, house for a bit and then you know uh, and then get on the ice and try that. And that first step was was difficult, but I stretched my comfort zone to do it. And the cold weather and all, I got bundled up. It, it was a great experience. I can't talk about it enough. Uh, again, I don't want to make this all about me, but it, it really worked out well. Uh, going slower. If you can hear me talk, you understand. Uh, sometimes go a little too fast. So maybe slow down here and uh, try to go a little slower. I want to learn some more skills. Um, I believe that I, there, there's still a lot more I can learn uh, in different areas and, and certain things I want to be able to do. I'd like to be able to cook better. Um, I'd like to be able to make things that I really enjoy, or at least in my head I would enjoy. I often think if you could put this together with this, it would taste great. Um, but I'd like to learn how to kind of do that. Then I could also be a better a better partner uh, with uh, with pumpkin and maybe do a little more around the kitchen that way. Uh, I want to be okay with being okay um, and not great. Not every day can be great, um, but being okay, learning how to be okay, I think is. Uh, would be a huge step for me. Uh, would help a lot in my ability to slow down and be more a little more uh, a little more understanding for myself. Give myself a little bit more room. Um, I want to find more joy. I know we talked about it earlier with our, our expert, uh, our life our life coach. Um, but I really do. I really want to try to find more joy. I have so many great things in my life to be thankful for. I really do. I, I I can't. You know. I don't want to. I don't want to go on and on about it. But I, I really do, and, and and we all do, right? We all do. So you know, want to be able to find a little more gratitude in my life, and 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 um, a little more. I think that would lead to joy. I think they would go well together uh, because I really do have a lot to be grateful for, and I really am quite thankful. I just don't stop long enough to really think about what that is, and maybe sit in it a little bit, and, and actually experience what that feels like to. To be grateful, okay, I, I'm here. I just seem to never, it's just never enough. I, I don't know if that's the OCD in me um, or just the way I was raised. You know, we were raised to, to work hard and accomplish what we could to take care of our families and have a good life the best we could have. So, you know, I just want to be more um, more grateful because I, I really do have a lot to be grateful for. Uh, and more social. I I, 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 gotta, I I have a handful of friends, people that I, that I really like a lot, um, you know, male friends in particular that I really like a lot. And, um, you know, I just don't get to see them enough. I mean, you know, COVID or not, uh, I could be making more video calls. It's just, you know, at the end of a 10 or 11 hour day, I know it sounds like a crappy excuse, right? Uh, it's, it's like you should be giving me, like you should, I should be the therapist. I should, I should be telling my therapist and, and they should be listening right now. But uh, really it's, it's just, I need to be more social and make time for my friends. I think it's important, especially as we get older. Um, and last but not least, my, my pumpkin loves to travel. 
Uh, obviously, it hasn't been a great couple of years to travel. We do have plans to travel. I think I'm really looking forward to doing that. I think that will bring me some joy. Um, I think that will also stretch me uh, in ways, and learn, I'll learn some more skills, maybe learn some languages uh, to relate to the places we travel to. I don't know, something like that. But those are the <clears throat> the dozen things that you know I kind of want to focus on this year if I can, and if I get some of them done, great. And if I don't, well. Guess what? I got part of the 2023 list already put together. I'm really hopeful for all of you that you find some comfort in your own skin, that you're able to make the 2022 year really your best year ever. And that's really done by just making it one great day after another. And, you know, somebody called earlier about anxiety. You know, anxiety for me, as I describe it to my patients, is the fear of the future, the stuff that you can't control, things that are out of your control. And by the way, most things are out of our control. So learning how to live in today, really enjoying what you have today, being grateful for what you have today, um, I think is really the key to trying to get through tomorrow in a healthy way that uh, kind of makes it fun. And like I say, you know, chasing joy, that should be the, you know, the big thing this year for, for all of us is chasing some joy in spite of what we're dealt with, right? Whatever's thrown at us. I love you guys. You're the greatest audience ever. Really appreciate you being here with us. I know you have other choices. Uh, it means a lot to me and to the people that work on this show. I want to thank uh, uh, Sofia Vavarutsos who put this entire show together, chased all the guests, put the content together and uh, put together lists of questions to help me and so on. Did a phenomenal job and uh, congratulations to her. We'll expect many, many more years and great shows coming out of her for whatever it is she does in the future. Um, and uh, all of you for listening because, you know, it takes a, it takes a, a, a it takes what they say. It takes a community. It takes a village. Um, it takes all of us to just make the next day a little bit easier for everybody. And sometimes just saying something nice to somebody, I tell all my patients, go spread some nice. Go spread nice. Hey, nice day. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Hey, you look great. Nice hat. You know, everybody, anybody you see, men, women, children, you just got to do it in a non-creepy way and make sure you're not offensive. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Lots to do. Lots more to talk about on the road to recovery. I look forward to you having a wonderful week. Be good to yourselves. Be good to those around you. Hug the ones you're with. Make sure you tell them that you love them. And next week, we'll do this all again. Yonabud, 640 Toronto.